Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Guys, we're in Matthew chapter 13. I've entitled this chapter... Jesus' teaching, the king's teaching by the sea. Because it starts out in Matthew 13, talking about how Jesus was teaching the multitudes there by the Sea of Galilee. And we've seen a couple of the parables. We've been actually, we spent several weeks in the parable of the sower. Last week we looked at the parable of the wheat and tares. And they can be, they're, they're kind of realistic and they're kind of harsh because they kind of talk about the first one, first parable, the parable of the sower, talks about who's going to respond to Jesus. Last week's parable talks about the nature of the world and what happens to those who don't believe. And so, you know, if we leave it at that, and that's where a lot of Christians are at right now, is, is I'm okay, I know Jesus, I'm going to make it to heaven. But Jesus actually, through a lot of the other parables in Matthew 13, is actually going to look at another aspect or Actually, we're going to look at three different aspects of the kingdom that relate to where you are right now. Not necessarily later on going to be with Jesus later on, although there is some implication of that as well in what we're going to talk about today. But it relates to where you are right now. Why do I say that? Well, because within us, there is a longing. The first thing I want you to see is, is we long for something that will satisfy our souls. You know, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that a lot of the things that I focus on and pursue, I'm trying to find fulfillment through them, and the realization is they don't fulfill. They don't, there's no fulfillment there. Maybe for the moment, maybe for the second. You know, addictive behaviors, it's for a fulfillment, a pursuit of a fulfillment that never comes. And it's frustrating. And as you get older, you get more frustrated because what you thought would bring fulfillment doesn't bring fulfillment. It doesn't fill the emptiness. Even when you, quote, achieve it, it doesn't, bring, it doesn't fulfill the emptiness. So like, okay, you pursue, some of you love hunting here, and you love deer hunting, whether it's archery or you love rifle season, and, and you pursue the deer, and you just wait for that beautiful rack that you will one day kill, and then one day you kill it. And, and you spend a chunk of change mounting it. Then you got to fight with your spouse about where to put it. But it ends up somewhere, maybe in the garage or in a closet, but it's somewhere. But I mean, and, you, and you've done it. You've, you've got it. You, 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 you mounted it. It's there. You see it. And guess what? It doesn't fulfill doesn't bring the fulfillment. When you're younger and you're single, you want to be married. Oh, and if I could just get married. And you pursue thinking that marriage will bring the fulfillment. And the older people around you who've been married a while are like, oh yeah, you'll find out the truth about that. Because there's not fulfillment there. And you want kids. If I just had kids, I'll be fulfilled. No, there's not fulfillment there either. If I had this promotion, I'll be fulfilled. We long for something to satisfy our souls. But have you noticed, I've just kind of gone through some illustrations of a lot of different things. 
that don't satisfy us. Nothing satisfies. We long for something. And, and here's the other thing I want you to see. We overlook the important for the unimportant. A lot of times what we, what really will bring the satisfaction and the fulfillment that we're wanting in life is right there before us, but we ignore it. And what I'm really talking about is the important is, is God. It's Jesus. And if you've been coming to church for a while, a lot, and, and I know, I, I've been there where it's right there before you, but you, you, it's obvious. It's really obvious. It's right there. You just need to embrace Him, but you look in other areas. You still keep looking in other areas. Because for some reason, you just can't bring yourself to embrace what is the only thing that will satisfy you. So you keep looking in other places. And when you're not satisfied, you get frustrated. You get angry. The longing, it, it's in all of us. Now, you know, as I'm older, I'm, I'm realizing that. Now, some of you are like, well, you know, I, I haven't come there yet. Maybe that's where I'm at. But we're in our culture, our world, people today are in a, in a never-ending pursuit of something that will satisfy us. And we haven't found it. Because we're looking for the unimportant when the important is right there in front of us. I think this is where Jesus goes a little bit beyond the two parables that we've had now, where he's going to actually, we're going to look at four parables today. Four parables. Now, a parable is a story from everyday life that communicates a spiritual truth. A simple story from their everyday lives that they could equate with that communicates a spiritual truth. And the spiritual truth that he's going to talk about is the kingdom of heaven and the importance of the kingdom of heaven to every one of us here. And hopefully as we understand what Jesus is going to talk about here, it will maybe hopefully help us to see where we should be pursuing for the satisfaction of our souls. Do you understand what I'm saying? For the satisfaction of our souls. Look with me. We're going to look at, first of all, verse 31 through 33, then over to 44 through 46. And the reason why we're doing that is, is the verses in between are the explanation to a parable that we've already given. So let's look with me, 31. Look at what he says. And another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in a field which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it grows, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Another parable he spoke to them, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leaven. Look with me at verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure, hidden in a field which a man found and hid, and for joy over it goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Here's what we're going to see, folks. We're going to look at these parables. I'm actually going to look at them from three different perspectives. I'm going to talk about significance, I'm going to talk about impact, and then I'm going to talk about value and what that has to do with us. Because all of those things, significance, impact, value, are going to talk to us today about how to fulfill 
that longing within us, that longing that needs to be satisfied. So let's talk about significance. Look at verse 31. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that somebody plants. In Jesus' day, he would be talking to people who were in, agr in an agrarian culture. They were farmers. They were people who lived in a rural area. And they would understand about plants and they would understand of the seeds that they would plant that the mustard seed was the smallest seed of what they would plant. And they would plant this mustard seed and it would become, really the word is shrub, our English translation says tree, it would become a shrub that would be about 10 or 12 feet high. It's an herbal plant, a plant that would be about 10 to 12 feet high. I don't want you to think about the mustard weed that we have around here, the wild mustard plants. I want you to think about a plant that's a, it's an herb that gets to be about 10 or 12 feet high. And what he wants to talk about that is with regards to its significance. And he's saying that the kingdom of heaven is like that. What does that mean? Well, here's what I want you to see. The kingdom seems to be insignificant and unimportant. When you talk about a small seed, like a mustard seed, it just seems insignificant and unimportant. And Jesus comes along and says that the kingdom is like that to a lot of people. It just seems insignificant and unimportant. So let's talk for a moment. When you talk about your faith, when you talk about the importance of your faith in your life, when you talk about Christianity, the importance of Christianity in your life, for a lot of us, it's pretty insignificant and unimportant. It's just one small part of our lives because we've got the rest of our lives to live. Do you understand, George? There's only one hour here out of the whole week. And, and so we think in terms of, and this is, what, this is what we do as Americans, we compartmentalize everything, you know. We compartmentalize everything. We, we have, if I, I liken it to hats. We have our church hat we wear when we have church. I take it off, and then I put on my, my Sunday afternoon. I'll either wear a Falcon's hat or an anti-Patriot's hat, whatever, this evening. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And, and then tomorrow I've got my work hat or I've got my school hat. I've got my family hat. And I'm, I'm always changing hats because we compartmentalize. So I'm one way here today. I'm going to be another way tonight. Some of you are going to be shocked when, when the game's going on. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or, um, or you're one way at work or you're one way with your family or you're one way with your buds or you're one way by yourself. And that's what we do. We, we divide our lives up into these different parts. And uh, to be honest with you, the spiritual part we see is insignificant. And for a lot of folks, it's really unimportant. The kingdom seems insignificant and unimportant. But here's what Jesus is saying. What seems insignificant becomes magnificent. What seems insignificant becomes magnificent. I, I'm not a gardener. I'm not going to pretend to be a gardener. I'm not even going to pretend that I like gardening. But I know that when I watch my wife when she gardens and she raises things from seeds or when she plants flowers and she's putting in the labor in her gardens at the beginning of the spring and by the summer, I, I watch the satisfaction that my wife has and seeing what it has become. See, that's what the kingdom's like. It starts off insignificant. It starts off like really unimportant. But if you devote to it what it should be devoted as far as your life, it becomes something magnificent in your life that has an impact. And we're going to talk about that impact here in a moment. It becomes something significant in your life that is really important 
But see, as long as we keep it to just that one little part of our lives, you'll never know the significance of it. You'll never know the magnificence of it in your life. If we just keep it as that one little part. He goes on. Next illustration is about yeast. It's called leaven here. Leaven, we call it yeast. Look at what he says. Another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven or yeast, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till... It was all leaven. So she's talking about, here's a woman who takes some yeast, a little bit amount of yeast. She puts it in three measures, whatever the measures is there, of, of meal or of flour. And it, with time, permeates the whole lump. You've seen that. I do that. I, you know, one of the things I do like to help my wife make bread with our bread machine. I'll, I'll put all the ingredients in because I love the bread when it comes out of the oven. I love bread. I don't love gardening. I love bread. So here's what happens. Jesus, again, is using an illustration from what everybody understands, and I understand this one. I don't understand the garden thing, but I understand this one, okay? Here's what he's saying. The kingdom seems just a small ingredient to life. Kingdom seems just a small ingredient to life. Here's what I'm saying to you, folks. We get into this mode. Church just seems to be just a small ingredient about what we need for our lives. Spirituality just seems to be just a small ingredient. God just seems to be a small ingredient because we've got all this other important stuff going on. I've got dreams to fulfill. I've got bills to pay. And it just seems to be that small ingredient in our life. But here's what it's saying. But if you allow it to take root in your life, if you allow it to take root in your life, it actually becomes something so much more. That's what he's trying to show us here. It becomes so much more. It grows. Here's the point. It grows to impact and transform the whole life. It grows to impact and transform your whole life. Here's the point I want you to see, folks. If all your spiritual life is is just showing up on Sunday mornings at 1045 until we get done at 12, and that's it, I got the spiritual thing taken care of, yeah, I can see why it would be insignificant. But if you allow that faith that you have in Jesus to take root in your life, in your everyday life, you will watch, it won't happen immediately, but over time, it will begin to impact every part of your whole life and transform you. You will be different. Because it was more than just a little small part. That's what the kingdom is. That's what the kingdom is. Let's, let's go back to what I said about the longing. Could it be possibly that as we're pursuing all, as you and I, as I'm pursuing everything possible to try to bring fulfillment to my life, that the one thing that I'm overlooking, the important for the unimportant, I'm, over, I'm grabbing the unimportant instead of the important, the one thing that I'm neglecting the most is the one thing that could actually transform my whole life. Because I haven't grasped that point yet. That's what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying 
that insignificant little yeast permeates the whole thing and, and changes it. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. If I put together the ingredients in our bread machine to make that wonderful French bread loaf, and I forgot the yeast, I ain't liking what comes out of the oven. Because I like what that yeast does to it. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Two other parables he gives us communicating the same truths. Look with me at verse 44. I'll read them to you again. And then I want you to see what he's saying here because it's important. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he has and bought it. He's, they're basically communicating the, the same thing. He's talking about, if you think about it in everyday lives, let's say you're a worker and, and you're working on a piece of property and while you're working there you just happen to come across a treasure that's been hidden from everybody for years. Maybe it's in our context, maybe it's a box that you were just digging around and you found a box filled with gold coins from the Civil War period. And you're like, oh, I'd like this. But you know that it belongs to who? The owner of the property. So what you do is you take that backhoe, bury it up, put some leaves around it. You want that treasure. So you go, I mean, you sell everything. You sell your brand new truck. You sell your house until you could buy that property. Why? Because you want it. You want that treasure. It's like the guy who's going, he's a, he's a jeweler. He's looking for a good quality pearl. And he's going around maybe in the markets of Asia or something along the ocean there. And he's looking at all the oyster farmers there. And he comes and finds a pearl of great price. And he sells everything he can till he gets that one pearl. That's the parable Jesus is sharing with us. And that's the truth I want you to see here. He's going to talk about the value of the kingdom value of the kingdom. Here's the point. The kingdom is recognized as being desired above all else. The kingdom is recognized as being valued above all else. Just like that guy who, who finds that treasure in a field, just like that guy who finds a pearl of great price, he recognizes this is something that's more valuable than anything else. I've got to have it. That's where you and I come to the place where we realize that the relationship with God, the relationship as being a part of the kingdom, it's more important than anything else in my life. I've got to have it. God, I've got to have you. I've got to have You're the only one who can bring satisfaction to my soul. You're the only one who can bring healing to my soul. You're the only one who can satisfy me. And you recognize that. Oh, that we would recognize it. That Christianity is more than just coming to church, singing a bunch of songs, listening to some talking head talk to you. But to a lot of people, that's what it is. But there's something so much more there. Because you realize that the kingdom is a person who's alive, who wants to have a relationship with you. 
That's the value. Here's the other thing I want you to see. Those who recognize its value will sacrifice everything for it. Those who recognize its value will do whatever it takes to have it. You know, I, I shared with you, I, you know, every once in a while I talk about Lori and I. And, and I remember when I uh, first met her. It was actually at a Super Bowl party, 1991, at my house. 26 years ago today, Lori. Okay. 26 years ago today, she came in with, with a buddy of mine and his fiance. He was his fiance's roommate. Lori was a roommate. And, and I had a party with the youth ministry area in the, at Liberty University where I worked there and as I was studying there. And I had a party, Super Bowl party, and all these young people, college-age people, I was young back then, were coming in. And uh, yes, I was younger and thinner back then, okay? Um, and Lori came, and I remember this, this gal being there, and I'm like, wow, who is she? And boy, she is so different than these other ditzy girls. You know? She was so mature. Okay? And so after the Super Bowl party, I inquired about her among my friends. Who, who's this Lori Weaver? Who's this Lori Weaver? Oh, don't even bother. <laughs> she turns everybody down. And she did. Because she was just there to study. But I'm going to be honest with you. When you realize a pearl of great price, you'll do what it takes to get it. And, and so I had a roommate. We strategized. It took me six months to strategize how to get a date with her. Obviously, the strategy worked. And the rest is history. You will do what it takes if you know that it is something that you want. Jesus is saying the kingdom is like that. The kingdom is like that to people who realize what it's worth, what it will bring for satisfaction to your soul. And you will do what it takes. Those who recognize this value will sacrifice everything for it. The problem today is a lot of us don't really understand what it is. We don't understand what is right there before us. Because we're looking at all these other places. What do we do with this, George? Well, I want you to think about a couple things as we try to um, bring these three parables that Jesus is talking about, the parable... And, and as we think about that longing that we have, I want you to think about a couple things. First thing I want you to think about is this. Wake up to the real source of emptiness in your life. Wake up to the real source of emptiness in your life. The real source of emptiness in your life is not 
that your marriage is not what it should be. The real source of emptiness is not that you don't have the position you want to have at work. The real source of emptiness in your life is not because you haven't reached a certain salary level. The real source of emptiness in your life is not that you don't have the vehicle or the truck that you want to have or the house that you want to have or the bank account that you want to have or the vacation that you want to have or that deer that you want to have or that turkey that you want to have. That's not the real source of emptiness in your life. You've got to wake up to the reality of what is the real source of emptiness in your life. I want you to think about it for a moment. What are you trying to fill that emptiness with in your life? For every person here, it's different. It's either something or some activity. That's not the source of emptiness in your life. Because have you noticed how you know that it's not the source of emptiness in your life? that it's not the thing that fulfills it, because no matter how much you try to pursue it, it doesn't bring satisfaction to that emptiness, does, does it? The real source of emptiness in your life, are you ready for this? If you want to write this down, the real source of emptiness for your life is God. Jesus. God. He's the only one who can bring the satisfaction to your soul. And, and so many times, can I be honest with you? It's like, you know, in my walk with Jesus, I, there's so many times through the years I've sensed him say, George, just come alongside with me. George, just come alongside with me. Pray, talk with me. Satisfaction is found with me. Jesus said, out of me, out of you will flow rivers of living water. George is there. Won't you come? Wake up to the real source of the emptiness in your life. See, the problem is, though, we're not open to that because we've relegated spirituality, our spirituality and our faith, to just one little small part of our lives. We don't understand the value of it. Wake up to the real source of emptiness in your life. And here's what you need to do. You need to do what it takes to have the fulfillment of Jesus in your life. You need to do what it takes. Are you willing to do what it takes? For some of you, it might be this. It might mean getting up a little bit early and just sitting down or standing up, whatever, and talking to God. God, i got another day today. Can you help me through it? God, I need to know you love me. Can you help me? God, I'm struggling with this area. Can you help me? Are you willing to do what it takes to have that fulfillment in Jesus? And it's not going to be an experience. It's not going to be this, that, or another. It's going to be simply the relationship with Him. And when you find it, when you have it, I know, I, I can tell you, when, when you realize it, you come to this thought. Here's the thought that I've had. What was wrong with me? Why was I so stupid when it was right there before me all the time? And you know what? Here's the wonderful thing. God's not human, so he wouldn't say, oh, you dummy, glad you woke up. No, he's there ready to say, okay, let's, let's move on from where we're here. Let's move forward. 
And let's go on. Do what it takes to have the fulfillment of Jesus in your life. I'm telling you, you pursue Him, you'll have that fulfillment. And the satisfaction of your soul will come that nothing else will bring you. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.